Yo, 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 what up? It's your boy Synchronize here with another edition of Web's Day Weekly. This week we have Edgeon on the podcast. Hello. All right, we're just going to get straight into it. How did you get your start? Uh, what are you doing now and where do you want to take your stuff? All right. Hello, everyone. Uh, my name is Matas. I go by Edgeon. Um, I started with music <clears throat> back, I would say, like, first, second grade. I started piano lessons and, you know, played a few recitals. Then that eventually turned into band in school, which I played percussion in. Um, and that, you know, since then, uh, middle school, high school, marching band, <clears throat> I was in the drum line. Did that for all four years, through college even, and then also did the Chicago Youth Concert Orchestra, played percussion. So, yeah, it was nothing like super crazy, but I played in um, the symphony hall there. I forget the name right now. Probably get killed for that, but... <laughs> um, That's Yeah, it was That's fun. Awesome. I played in there, um, and yeah, just uh, turned into production really when me and my brother started our metal project, which is, <laughs> bear with me, it's called Teratological Nightmare. Teratology is the study of birth defects, right? And for me, um, I was born with a cleft lip and palate, so kind of is like... Um, loosely like it was based on me i guess but teratological nightmare is like what we think of as like teratological is not a real word by the way it's something i made up um oh, me and my brother cool. made up but um teratological for us is just a teratological nightmare is something that just like you know is a crazy birth defect or something but um not to say that's a bad thing it's just saying that you know that's what you know, we're trying to express, but the whole vibe of the the lyrics are a lot more. My brother writes all the lyrics. I do all the music, um, but it's a lot more um, kind of political, a little bit. But you know how metal is. It's you know <laughs> expressing yourself through um, means of you know powerful music. So, um, but yeah, I do drums and guitars for that, and pretty much originally just started in our basement. Um, and then, yeah, I recorded drums, guitar, and then now we're actually re-recording it with my buddy's studio, and hopefully release it sometime soon. Don't have a date on that yet. We have to get vocals with my brother, but, um, that was my first really real introduction to metal. Um, or not, sorry, not metal. Um, sorry, like production and stuff. Um, but... What did you record on? Oh, dude, okay, so I can go through the rig, um... Saying um a lot. We talked about this. We're not gonna say um. Uh, <laughs> do it again. Pro Effects 12 Mackie is what the console was. You, just a little four or what was it? Twelve channel um, microphone. Twelve. Sorry, twelve input board. But we just used six mics on the drums, and then I ran that into my interface. Into it was an M Audio Fast Track Pro. <laughs> back from like 2012 so nothing super great if you want to listen to the stuff we could link the files i have it's all on Bandcamp, so oh, yeah. super raw death metal if you're into that we'll so, absolutely link that <laughs> it's fun 
So that's that's all there. Really, really raw stuff. And then record a guitar, I think, directly through a pedal into the computer. No amp simulator, cabinet simulation, so it's kind of just really high-endy. But Vinny did some great vocals, and it sounds pretty cool. But, um, yeah, <laughs> that was, like, my start with production. And the turning point from that to EDM, or, sorry, I hate EDM, I just, like, universal term, but electronic music, because uh, I love writing everything in the electronic spectrum, is Skrillex. So there, there's the name drop. He, My brother showed me Skrillex, and mind you, before that, my introduction into music really was from my brother. He showed me a lot of different bands. A lot of it started with uh, emo music, with Senses Fail, Hawthorne Heights, Stevie's, uh, she loves more like Pantera and she like makes fun of me that I listen to Hawthorne Heights, but dude, Hawthorne Heights is, it's just, I don't know, I just love the music, but, um, Senses Fail, it's just the, me and my friend Matt Johnson, we would always play along to it and do covers and stuff, uh, with Senses Fail, we played Green Day when I started playing drums and stuff, but it was super fun, just my yeah introduction to that kind of music and then that turned into death metal very quickly and it was awesome so like nile opeth is one of my favorite bands that would be my top five for sure system of a down oh yes. so of course that was a huge influence on me then that turned into oh geez yeah, there, there's too many to count, but Slipknot, obviously, was huge. Um, something you listen to. Lamb of God. A lot of that stuff. And then turned into crazier death metal. Like, um, I mean, I, I don't want to say it, but Dying Fetus is like a band. The really, really crazy, brutal death metal, but super groovy. <laughs> and you'll listen to it, and you'll be like, wow, that's crazy. But it, yeah, they... I don't know, it just puts out a, a crazy message if you really look at the nitty-gritty lyrics and stuff. Because a lot of those metal bands aren't just singing about... A lot of them are just singing. Death metal inherently is called death metal for... Because uh, it's called... It's about death. Like, mm-hmm. it just... It's death. So that is what death metal is about. But there's also a lot of political stuff. Job for a Cowboy um, has gotten into a lot of... They're one of their recent records, um, not recent, but like the past few years. Um, oh my gosh, Demonocracy is all about you know the crazy you know, political experience that we're dealing with. So it it is pretty crazy. It, yeah, and a lot of it just sheds light onto things that you just normally wouldn't see. I mean, nothing um, super crazy, I guess, but it just puts stuff into respect perspective into the and that tone of music is just a great way of doing it you know but that eventually like death metal turned into the electronic side of things i guess so um i'm going on a tangent let me think i'm trying to streamline this but yeah i started producing really in 2012 when i got to college at ball state and was really Really simple. I had Ableton Light. I had like a mini, a Kai mini control. Oh, actually, before that, I did make music with. I did have Ableton. Or, well, but 
Okay, man, I really should have written all those down, but Vinny and I started on, uh, what was it, um, Cubase, oh, okay. and that's what yeah. we used for, like, before the stuff that released on Bandcamp for Keratological Nightmare, and then next, we did stuff with, um, I think Ableton is when I started using it for the, or no, it was Logic, I had Logic and I used that. Uh-huh. Or no, it was GarageBand. Sorry, yeah. Oh my god, yeah, I can't man. even. Like I said, I can't think stuff like so much. It's crazy. So um, many does over the years, dude. <laughs> so many. But yeah, we GarageBand is what you'll hear if you listen to the the Bandcamp stuff. So really raw. I had no idea what I was doing with mixing. It was super crazy. But um, after that, yeah, Ableton was kind of what it turned into. And then started just practicing a whole bunch, recording a lot in school. <laughs> Go through all the music history classes. Theory helped a lot with how to, like, you know, put chords and stuff together and melodies. So, but it, it was a lot going through school and having to deal with, like, everything else. So, you know what everyone says, like, do you want to go to school or not? I mean... I think it was worth it for me because <clears throat> I got a lot of connections out of it and nice. awesome people that's, that I've met. That's what matters most. I mean, that's the most valuable thing that you can get. I mean, apart from the knowledge that you you learn uh, when you're there, it's mm-hmm. very valuable to to have those connections. Yeah. So I feel like a lot of a part of school is that you just kind of make connections and learn how to deal with people because you'll do you find out how to read people a lot quicker and i think that's a really good skill to have yeah so yeah people skills in general really helpful Uh, yeah so i just yeah i would yeah i mean going to school or not if it you know you have a huge loan you got to pay off so you better find something that you're making money doing or figure out a way to make money doing it but um that kind of leads us into the next chapter of what I'm doing with music and stuff. So music pretty much is, you know, what I love to do. Obviously I started producing and, you know, when I came to college and DJing too, I can kind of touch on that, um, how I started DJing and stuff. But, um, pretty much we, yeah, I, I started doing that. Um, well, Right, I'm just keep going on tangents here. So we'll start with how I started DJing now. So I, I started DJing because of marching band. Uh, one of my drum, I think the um, drum line uh, center snare, who was like our section leader in quotes, had these, <laughs> per se, Bible studies. So you bring your own Bible, but it was actually boo- like bring your own booze. But we just called it Bible <laughs> during rehearsal because it was you know, friendly, I guess. So everyone knew it. Same acronym. Yeah. BYOB. (laughs) But, um, it was fun. I started on a, one of those little Akai controller things. So really mini. And then I had an MPD laptop pads, like eight pads, eight rotaries. And I would DJ on that. And I mapped everything to virtual DJ. Oh, wow. So yeah, I was on that and his little speakers that he had in his house, so, uh, it was just a fun little time. And then that just turned into me buying a tractor S4 
a couple of years down the line after a few of those parties. So I, I would, wouldn't play anything that anybody really wouldn't know. It was a lot of top 40. Like, you know, I didn't know what I was doing, so I was just trying to play stuff that people wanted to hear. So that eventually just led more to the rabbit hole of all these producers that are coming out with, like, these cool, you know, like, remixes and stuff. And you, EDM, or I keep saying EDM, but it's just so, like, oh, my gosh, just everyone, like, knows what it is, but electronic music. Yeah. Um I like to call it bass music because that's yeah that's more all inclusive um, for stuff that necessarily isn't dance music. I guess true. I like I I need really need to say just electronic music because I I call it electronic music because that's how it's mostly made or just electroacoustic. You know that that is actually a whole subgenre with like um, computer music and stuff like that. But uh, yeah the just electronic music or bass music experimental music is so there's just so many textures that you can get you know i don't know there's so much to it yeah <laughs> but um yeah i guess after de- now i guess another tangent damn well, um yeah i got a question for you yeah <laughs> so you mentioned skrillex earlier okay yeah and uh was he the first um electronic centric um, project that you heard and did it directly influence your decision to start going down that route of production and DJing? Um, it started when I heard his music, I was just, it, it was nothing like that came out before. It was just in your face electronic music right it wasn't really a a label at that time it was just kind of a punk rock version of what you were hearing right because dubstep inherently is a really chill genre in the beginnings some of it you hype on of course but um i guess i don't know i could be wrong on that but whenever i listen to it it's all just you know super vibey kind of goes off of you know the um jamaican bass culture you know yeah so it's just all about yeah just chill vibes just you know love you man Uh, or at least that's what i you know perceive it as but yeah and then he kind of took it as just not that you don't love anyone with listening to that kind of music it's just that primal instinct of like metal like you know with me just kind of um a way just to get that side out you know So I see a lot of, or I guess rather hear a lot of similarities between metal and more aggressive style, uh, bass music. Oh, for sure. And I, I feel like there's a lot of overlap and taste there. Cause I'm like system of down is my favorite band. Uh, Hell yes. and you know, I, I do dabble in some of that kind of music and used to listen to it before I, I really got into dance music and bass music and, yeah, dude, mesmerize, hypnotize, yes. toxicity. toxicity yes. Yeah, those were the records that I had, and I would just constantly have on repeat. Yeah. Yeah, and they were just so. A lot of them were so catchy and just well made and well arranged and recorded. Mm-hmm. And I think it's just that high energy. It's just kind of high octane music, and it's just appealing to. 
just output your energy when listening to it. Yeah, and it it brings to light so many issues with Armenia or you know where Surge is from. Mm-hmm. A lot of some songs, but it's it's just crazy. Yeah, um, they're they're pretty political uh, as far as uh, you know what they promote and the messages that they try to share. Mm-hmm. And it's it's pretty damn righteous. Like they they always uh, they like to call people out on their bullshit. <laughs> like, yeah, that's why that's why I love them. Yeah, yeah. Obviously, they themselves they have had problems as a band, just but because I, I know they're not really doing much now. I think Scars and Broadway is actually the band doing their own thing. If you've heard of them, oh no. So if you didn't Whoa. know, Scars on Broadway. If you look them up, that's that's the group. That's the band minus Surge, and Surge is doing his own thing. Oh uh, wow. Yeah. So it, it sucks that a lot of the time that happens with bands, you know. But sometimes it, you know, isn't, but it, yeah. Still, the music they came up with is just, at a given certain point, it was just what you needed, you know? So, and that's so cool thing about music. Even if it's, like, you know, written and it's nothing, the people that are doing it don't like each other, which sucks, but. <laughs> yeah. Still produces a good thing that helps a lot of people. Oh, for sure. So, but yeah, let's just move it on. <laughs> yeah, music is a healing tool. Oh yeah, and yeah. a lot of people use it as such. Mm-hmm. So, but where were we um, before we talked about this? I think. Well, I was just uh, just trying to think of that. <laughs> a couple beers then. Yeah. <laughs> <Maybe should> have... <laughs> It'll happen. No, I was uh, I was commenting on how. Uh, there was a lot of similarities between high octane metal, yes. rock music, and dance music, and uh, you were talking about um, how your taste evolved and what you were listening to, mm-hmm. and, uh, what was out there. Yep, dude, it's Skrillex was definitely the door into all that. I think I'm sure there was. Stuff happening before that, of course, but he was just the guy that kind of broke through the barrier, I think. Yeah. So just, but that's kind of how I found out about it, and it just brought in all these other artists that have been doing it for so long that I didn't know, you know? So I feel like that's kind of something that I've always... With electronic music, I hate to say it, but I was always kind of one of those people that was like, oh, you know, it's easy to make. You know, I just hit a button and it does it for you, you know? But when I was in high school and I was naive, I was, yeah. I was a, you know, an instrumentalist. So, of course, I was like, oh, what is this electronic music? You don't play an instrument, right? And then I would hear my classmates talk about Dead Mouse and stuff. And I'm like, what, what the heck kind of name is that? It's so stupid. But when you realize, obviously, Dead Mouse is a really cool name because that's where, like, there's an actual Dead Mouse on his computer. Like, that's his sick name. Yeah. But, um, yeah, like, I listened to the music and I was like, whoa, this is so, you know, he makes progressive house. Obviously, I listen to Dead Mouse and I'm like, whoa, this, this is the same thing over and over again. But when you really listen to it in the whole song, obviously, there's so much going on. And after I when I started actually trying to make it is when I realized that, Oh wow, there, there's a lot of technique into making something sound good through this means of, you know, 
making something. So it's that's kind of where I was just like floored. I was like, okay, I gotta I gotta learn how to do this. So I just kind of you know hit it from there and started doing that, and that eventually just led to me doing shows with local people through Ball State. Be here now specifically. Shout out, be here now. Uh, they're an awesome venue, and Whitney has just helped so many artists throughout the years. Always, you know, takes care of people coming through. So, hell yeah, heck yeah, major I'm, shout out. I'm really excited to play my first show there. Yes, and that is, we found out what day again? June 5th, I think. Let's. I'm gonna double check. I should have done this. <laughs> <laughs> June. I think it's the 12th. June 12th. June 12th. Yeah. Week after June 5th. Okay. Cool. Yeah, like that's that's what Bailey told me. So, we'll keep it keep your ass filled for a flyer. <laughs> but yes. anyways, beer now is super sick and they're one of the first places that helped me grow as a performer um before anything else cuz I was in a band too before that called the Indigos. If you look them up, you'll find them. But I played drums for them for a while. Helped them with like recording and stuff lived with them at Ball State, so that was a big part of my, you know, learning how to perform, so, and that, I just, you know, didn't feel creatively where I liked, where I wanted to go with it, and to be honest, I've always felt myself as a solo, just kind of, I wanted to do my own thing kind of person, but it's just... I just don't like being tied to a certain thing. I don't want to be in, you know, a Motley crew, you know, for like here for the long haul kind of thing. I I definitely want to do more of things here and there and collaborations more just because yeah. it, it gives more of my, I, I guess it just gives more opportunity, you know, so you don't have to be so set somewhere, but you know, it's hard to build a brand, I guess, that way, you know, but right. I guess in this day and age, it's really kind of how it is, though, with collaborations, but either way, besides the point, I, you know, just want to constantly do my own thing, and it's fun to collaborate with um, other people, and yeah, just constantly be free, so yeah. I wish I could do the band thing, but I don't know. I'm doing jazz stuff with the group now, and we're not doing anything super crazy, but it's just fun to, you know, play with other people, you know? Fuck, yeah. Not be so you guys committed. just jam out every now and again? Or? Yeah, every Friday, or, or every few Fridays, like we haven't jammed in a few weeks, but yeah, just kind of playing other stuff. Chick Corea, obviously, rest in peace, but we play Spain by him. It's a, it's a fun piece, but we're relearning it. We did it a while back, but... It's just a nice way to, because jazz, I love playing jazz on drums. Drums, I can't play jazz on anything else because I'm not, I haven't paid attention that much in theory class. But yeah, drums just has that feel where you just, no rules really, just anything goes. So, but um, yeah, lost my train of thought again, of course, but um. <laughs> Essentially, yeah, being living in Muncie, doing uh, music stuff has kind of got me to where I am now, and I want to go back to my roots as an instrumentalist performer and 
start doing more stuff like that. So I want to go ahead and I think, well, I know that I'm going to start getting my, I want to do guitar, drums, and piano. So I want to have a setup doing that pretty much live and do streams with that soon. Oh, so, that would be really And cool. I have another cool idea that I've only talked to my other friend about, but playing drums with people that come and bring like tunes that they're working on, just like DJ while I play drums to it, and we'll have a podcast too. Wow, what's going on? That sounds like crazy. Wow. But, that would be insane. <laughs> right. <laughs> I mean, I'm going to think that one through, but I think having just another way of having people get their music out there and just jam along or have someone you know, hop on guitar or just have a piano available or just jam, you know, with other artists. And if even if you can't play an instrument, like, we'll have one Ableton, or uh, one of those Ableton pushes set up. I have one of those, so. Yes. Dude. It's, it's cute. just a jam session, you know? Yes. But have all the toys. <laughs> That would be awesome. And as far as I know, I don't think anyone's doing anything like that. So yeah, good on you for creating a fresh idea. Yeah, dude. Just want to make something that's cool and... I don't know. Well, either way, that's that's something I had my... Um, thinking about doing just because I've always wanted to start doing some sort of stream, I guess. I've been doing drum streams randomly on Instagram just playing along with other people's tunes and mixes or whatever, just getting my chops back. So that I just kind of want to evolve into something like that. And I think it'd be really cool. Just, and just talk about what music they're playing, you know, I'd be just hearing about this artist. Oh, this, this person's popping off. Cause you know, this, this tune's so sick. You know, I want to hear that. And it's kind of almost like a news thing, but, yeah, who knows? Like I said, I got to figure it out because it's hard to play and talk. If you've ever tried doing it, just like this and like DJing, like playing an instrument, it's so hard. <laughs> but yeah, it's a lot of practice. <laughs> but oh, I'm sure. Um, yeah, that's that's something I want to do. But um, what was pretty much what I'm doing now is a lot of lighting, more or less lighting work, just because that definitely gets more more money i guess but you know i'm it's something that i've also grown to really love because lights if if you ever see me at a show doing lights i'm always doing it to what i'm listening to it's almost like playing an instrument so yeah it's just always fun whether i you know whether i make a whole bunch or i don't but you know it's just another instrument to play, I guess. Yeah. But it takes a yeah. lot of setup, so. <laughs> yeah, it does sure. kind of suck. A lot sometimes. of programming. Um, but yeah, the board is very much a, an instrument. So. And it feels like you're freestyling. Because I've dabbled with that kind of stuff. I, mm-hmm. My last job, um, I oh. worked in an AV warehouse. Um, yeah. I, I was never a lighting tech, but I was, you know, I fucked around on a board before. So. Oh, heck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but I'd. It's more of an audio tech from just my prior knowledge and stuff nice. at that place. Um, but yeah, it, doing lights, I've heard it's, it's jamming out you know, on much. different gear. Mm-hmm. It's 
you just have a whole bunch of things that, yeah, makes the, if you have haze, it just makes the air light up. So you just got to figure out how to make it look good. <laughs> so uh, the thing that I want to learn is there's a program called Avalites, and that's what a lot of Avalites are grand MA are the big two, I guess, for lighting. But it's just something a good skill to have, and there's I guess not a whole lot of lighting jobs, so everything that you know I started doing just out of you know necessity to have lights at a show just kind of turned into kind of something that's useful. So yeah. that's it's kind of cool. But I definitely there's a lot to learn. So I'm I'm at the very bottom in my opinion. I have the basics down, but. It's all up from here, right? <laughs> yeah. So practice makes perfect. Yeah, that's for sure. So, uh, we talked before uh, we started recording about you doing video stuff as well. Mm-hmm. So, uh, how did that come about? When did you start doing video stuff? Yeah. So, audio or photo and video stuff. I started with. I just my. Well, this brings me actually back to another thing we talked about, which was the Orion Festival, where I saw essentially Metallica Pana Festival in Detroit. My brother had a blog that he ran called Real Metal Review, Real Men, Real Metal Reviews, <laughs> and I was one of his main photographer and videographer people, and we'd go to shows and interview bands and stuff just locally, and he put in for a press pass and got it for Orion Fest. So we went, interviewed a few people, Jose Mangan from XM, LM, uh, the band, um, band Gauntlet, I believe. They're kind of like a, like an 80s, almost like hair metal band. But um, then we inter- interviewed Dirty Phonics. We were going to interview Datsik, but fell through, which, you know, it's cool. But, um, um, <laughs> <laughs> uh, yeah, it was just a fun time. We went and saw, we honestly saw ba- Bass Actor was there. He played, but we also saw Dirty Phonics play, which was awesome. Mark Instinct also played, who was really awesome. Then, um, oh, who else? Oh, Borgor was there. That was funny. Um, but we also saw Metallica. So it was just a cool experience. And that kind of, he had the camera and I just was using it there. And then recently, a few years back, I was just like, man, I really miss doing that stuff. So, I just kind of went out, you know, put a camera on credit, bought it, and I started just going to events and taking pictures and stuff. Did stuff with Indie Mojo, obviously stuff would be here now. But it just turned into something I really enjoyed. That turned into video just because you could do both. So I just started editing stuff and I actually fried one of my computer's motherboards by video editing a lot. It was a Mac, so it was just kind of like at the end of its lifestyle, and I just was pushing too hard, I guess, but, um, or lifespan, rather. But, yeah, then that just turned into um, me doing a few videos for a few people. And I think Indie Mojo I did a few for. Solace I did one for Manoa the Boy, and Genghis came... Uh, who else? Oh my gosh, what's his face? Uh, I forget, but there's a bunch of homies on that show. And it was just a fun way to express another creative outlet, you know? I yeah. I just feel like a lot of things Absolutely. I do just have that, you know, it's just here's this outlet and then here's another outlet I just, you know, need to try to do 
because I get bored of one. <laughs> I just that's what happens, dude. I swear. I I started music or you know drumming and recording, and that turned into producing. And then that turned into, I guess, down the line, video and photo. Then yeah, it's it's just you know if you have the money, of course, it's hard. Especially if you, I mean, I didn't have the money. Granted, I bought it on credit, but you know, what I mean, like you just kind of go out on a limb and try to do something. And some, if you really want to do it, it'll work. Yeah, and you'll make it work. So that's kind of how I've gone about stuff. So, and with lighting, that definitely costs a little bit more, but it you you don't need a lot. And you could do a lot with a little with lights. You know what I mean? You could have a, a small board and a few lights and make a show way cooler because you could, you know, do strobes or whatever. Yeah. Like, so time it, it with the music. And... Yeah, you don't need a lot. You just need to start off. So and that's something that I always tell people where they're stuck somewhere. Like, I'm doing nothing and it, you know, it's hard. I'd rather, you know, just tell them, well, you could, you could do whatever you want if you really enjoy doing something, there is a way, you know, I hate saying profit off of it. There's a way to make it something to, to make it your life, you yeah. know, to make it worth your while. Yeah. I mean, it's just something that you want to turn into your passion. It's your passion that you want to turn into your legacy, really. Cause what, what do you have besides what you do with your life? Right. Right. Like what are people going to remember you by? Yeah, after you're gone, you know, so, you, I mean, the stuff that you've earned don't, don't come with you. Yep, super deep. But, yeah. <laughs> yeah, you build stuff up your entire life. So, you build people up. That's something that I recently just kind of realized, too. I, would, I was never, like, a pessimist, but I would always be just, I don't know, I would not try to see the bright side of things. Just, like, always be like, oh, well, this kind of sucks. But now I'm just, like, well, it's happening. I'm going to deal with it. And just talking to people, you know, everyone's going through hard stuff. So you never want to just bash anyone for anything because you never know what they're going through. Like, right. even if it's something that's like, I work at a call or, you know, work at a call center. So it's, you know, you get people who get mad about stupid stuff that you have no control over. And you just right. kind of, you know, people just don't realize that. And there's no compassion. And you just, you know, some stuff can go, you know, some stuff can't go unpunished, but a lot of things are just, you know, be nice to people and, you know, everything's going to work out. <laughs> but yeah. also you, you have to, you yeah, exactly. And you just got to have that drive to know that what you're doing is going to make a difference for you and whatever, you know, you're helping. So, but yeah, I mean, that's mostly what I'm trying to just go for. So, yeah, I feel like you're at a better position, just being more well-rounded on what you know how to do, and yeah, every like a lot of what you're into like can be profitable, and it it kind of all revolves around the same industry and community. Mm -hmm. So I'm sure that makes it easier for you to find you know supplementary income or whatever whenever you need it. Yeah, it's something I'm trying to make into a full-fledged, you know, income for sure. Yeah, it's going to take some time, but I think you can, even with art, you know, if you have some, I don't know, some, there's so many things that you can do that 
you can make a living off of. You just gotta figure out who wants it. <laughs> yeah. You know? And I'm a firm advocate of doing what you love for a living. Absolutely. And th- you know, we live in a society where you do have to work for a living. Uh, but if you find something you love doing and you can live off of it and live you know, how you want to and comfortably, that's what you should do. No question. Oh, for sure. Heck yeah. Yep. So you just gotta just take some time to figure out. And sometimes it's just, you get so drained, but there's always a way because yeah. other people have done it, you know? Yeah. That's kind of, yeah. Oh, I was just going to say, you'll find roadblocks and hurdles, but you're right, there always is a way. Mm-hmm. People have done it before, so you can definitely do it, you know? So, <laughs> but, Especially with the resources we have now. We have the internet. Like, if we want to learn something or know the answer to a question, we can just Google it. Yep. And most times, you can find out, you know, granted the information is legit. Yeah, <laughs> which is a shitty thing to worry about in this day and age because it's like anything you read online could be false. But you know, I'd like to trust you know, the resources that I do use when I look for information. So yep, <laughs> it sucks we have to worry about that. I hate. I agree. It's like fake news, I hate the concept of that and how yep. uh, <laughs> publishers have abused that. Yeah, there, there's just uh, yeah, that's just a rabbit hole. That's crazy how much of, like, you know, even both sides, just propaganda when it boils down to it, you know? Right. So, but it's, you know, the digital age is where, where we're at. So. Yeah, age of information. Yep. But, I mean, every, it, you know, education is something that you should definitely, we should prioritize at least. Sure. But in my opinion, it really doesn't need to be more than just, you know, figuring out how to read and read books about everything that you need to know, you know? So, like, school is definitely a great way to do it because you have different subjects and stuff, but, I mean, if you're, you know... I mean, back in the day, what what people do? Just, you know, worked on farms, learned their trade, yeah, learned what trade. to do. So, but, I mean, now all you got to do is just learn how to do something. But, yeah. obviously, you have to know how to communicate, like, clearly, right. like... <laughs> Right. Um, so, but I think just the way of learning, you know, having to know so much of everything may not be super suitable to what a person needs. So that's like my take on education, I guess, if anyone wants to run with it, I guess. But yeah, um, I, I don't think homeschooling is the answer. I think just figuring out, you know, different what people want to do. Like even like when you're a little kid, if you want, if you're like building stuff, don't you want to be an architect, you know? Clearly, like, you want to start to learning how to do that stuff, but obviously there's, there's a lot of money to, like, you know, specialize things like that. I don't know. Yeah. I, I'm going off tangent again, but... Well, it, it's not <laughs> uncommon for people to change careers, but I feel like mm-hmm. they should have more of a focus on, you know, what you want to do with your career, like, earlier on in the education process because that's implemented, like, from the ground up as far as, you know, starting in preschool. Like, like math all, all the way versus to, a reading focus. Yeah, all the way to, like, high school, you know. Mm-hmm. You can, you know, start to learn, like, what you think you're going to want to do with your life and not have to worry about 
oh, what am I good at? Like, what can be applied mm-hmm. to the real world that I can do for a living? Yeah. And uh, COVID has showed us that you know, sometimes it doesn't even matter because your shit can be pulled out from under you at a moment's notice in certain yeah. industries. That's very true. Which sucks, but, I mean, that's a whole other topic discussion <laughs> yeah dude yeah the industry the um event industry definitely took a huge hit so it, it's been crazy but i mean i granted i didn't get to take much of a hit but just people i knew some people that were in iatsi who is like the local union for stagehands and um stage workers so you know just losing all that business all that show all the shows for the venues is just crippling if you didn't have it good before. So, yeah, especially just, at these venues that didn't serve food, food at all. Cause I know some places yeah. got to stay open if they serve food, which helped them bring money in. But some of those venues didn't serve food at all. And yeah, they just couldn't open back up for a period of time there. And there's yeah, nothing that was helping them. So, <laughs> but you know, I guess it is what it is, but we're, right. there's the venues you know, patron saint, the ones that I've typically go to, patron saint envy or, you know, taps and dolls, all those places were survived, which is awesome. Yeah. Down, downtown, of course, like obviously mousetrap, but still with the beer now in Muncie, I talked to Whitney about it and it's just, there's no support coming from the other side. It's all just, well, you kind of run your own and, it's scary because, I mean, yeah, there's not much, yeah, there's not much help coming <laughs> for yeah. that kind of stuff. But, you know, it's the people that are there support, and everyone knows that, like, we're all here in, in it together, so we're going right. to do what we can to keep going. So, yeah. Yeah, that was one of the most unexpected things because I was working in the entertainment uh, you know, event industry yeah. and yeah, we got laid off like right away. Like there was no question about it. We weren't going to have any business at all. The company mm-hmm. wasn't going to be making any money when COVID first hit and seeing how that affected, uh, not only the live event industry, but also like the food industry. Like if you didn't have carry out or delivery or, you know, contactless, you know, service, you couldn't really stay in business, and it, that was the the craziest thing as far as like job security. You know, mm-hmm. it's like a, almost a wake up call. Like, fuck, like your shit's not necessarily safe. And like, yeah. I got into a whole nother industry. Um, but yep, crazy times. Yeah, crazy fucking times we live in. Yeah, I luckily had a job at a call center so i just work from home but there's so many of my friends that did lights at these clubs or you know just put them out for a few months so it's just sad that yeah there's (laughs) there's nothing really in place to help them but you know like i said if you'll find a way you always will if it's something that's meaningful you know but yeah and there's a lot of ways uh you know side hustles Mm-hmm. Are, are a thing so as yeah. far as getting by staying afloat um just use your resources like look up 
other ways to to make it happen if what you really want to do and what you're trying to do ultimately you know, can't pay the bills at that time. Yeah. Well, sick. Um, yeah, I was gonna say um, where do, I don't know where we, we keep going on these tangents. I'm just yeah. Now we're just into random uh, tangent topic. Yeah. So land. Pretty much. Um, I guess I could talk about like music. How more recently? How like my releases have been? I guess I just released a new song, Garden, which I sampled a music garden, just a bunch of drums that are outside and tubes and stuff. But oh, yeah, cool, super fun. (laughs) And um, before that, just. I don't know, just a couple other tunes that I, uh, oh man, what did I release? I guess before that was a tune off, uh, it wasn't, it was a long time before that because I was just sitting on tunes. So, we talked a lot about, uh, what you do creatively, um, is there anything outside of that realm that you like to do, uh, as far as hobbies and, you know, passions? Yeah, honestly, recently my girlfriend and I started doing some roller skating. <laughs> so we bought a couple pairs of roller skates, and I've definitely fallen on my ass a couple times. Didn't hurt myself, but almost you know caused a couple collisions. But <laughs> you know, I it, it's been fun. It it's another skill. I, I skateboard too. I'm not good by any means. I can drop in, go up and down half pipe a little bit. Maybe Ollie, a, a decent amount. <laughs> Can't mm-hmm. kickflip yet, but yeah, those are some things that I just kind of do outside, just trying to learn. It's, you know, another fun way to kind of experience, you know, nature, I guess, and outside. So, just I have a skateboard, I have a longboard, just got the skates, uh, the roller skates, but even just walking. Stevie and I will go on walks. We'll take our little dog, Wima. She's a Aww. a terrier chihuahua mix, and she has glaucoma. So we just we love her so much because she's so cute, and uh, she doesn't like anybody but us because she's a chihuahua, and you know how they are. But <laughs> Yeah, very protective. But, yeah, she's sweet. And it's just fun to, you know, go outside and kind of just, you know, absorb some vitamin D and get that sun that you, you know, helps you because you're mood up and just being in nature is awesome so we've just trying been trying to find some more places to go walk around there's a few places in greenwood we'll go to oh and, nice yeah just a few uh, more obviously in the summertime now we're gonna start doing it again but there's a, a few parks that you can just kind of have little foresty areas you can walk through with a paved path so it's just really fun to get out there and experience that you know so it gets you back into you know in touch with mother earth and all that <laughs> yeah Indy has a lot of really cool parks yeah and, and trails that you can you can go on um, Do, yeah that actually reminds <laughs> me um i recently did a photo shoot for my uh garden release with uh jake with a shot who is a super awesome dude plug him for sure uh, does great photo work and um we went to i forget what it oh my gosh it was a park up north but there were 
the whole thing that I wanted to go for was like the ruins kind of aspect. So they they have a really awesome like kind of centerpiece monument there with almost ruin like structure and took some great pictures there and uh just yeah it was i just love how they're those places that you can visit here you know because indiana in general is kind of boring but i guess when you really look at look at it anytime i travel to bloomington there's always those you know rolling hills and those big you know ravines and stuff which it's just so you know beautiful and you just don't realize it because you're just like i'm just driving through indiana but Right. Wherever you're at, it, you know, Mother Nature is beautiful. So he's kind of, the more you appreciate it, the more happy, the happier you are. Right. Yeah. Or at least that's kind of how I see it. Yeah. Indianapolis uh, is relatively flat throughout, but for sure, the more south you get, the more hilly it gets, which it's beautiful. I, yeah. yeah. I for whatever reason, I feel like that's mostly the gen genuine. Uh, <laughs> or the general consensus um, that you know land is more beautiful when it's not flat I guess <laughs> yeah dude driving through Kansas is the testament to that if you've ever done it as, okay, as much as I've been preaching about loving being outside Kansas unless you're in a big city it's just literally flat yeah, yeah. I've I've been through it and I've driven through it. Driving to like Denver, you know? Yep. <laughs> yes. Like, oh, oh, that's, that's, the, that's the only that's uh, the reason, that's the only reason to do it. Yeah. <laughs> or, or alternatively, you can uh, drive up to Chicago and hit I 80 and go all the way west and you go through Nebraska and you earlier. only hit, I, I think you might hit a corner of Kansas, um, but the only flat land you hit is eastern Colorado. Uh, which isn't that bad if, yeah, you're if you there. do drive it again. And, you know, going up to Chicago is only a couple hour difference. It'll be relatively the same. We did it from Lafayette, and it, it was like oh, yeah. maybe an hour longer than going through Kansas or nice. something like that. Yeah, it wasn't, wasn't much of a difference. Yeah, road trips are definitely something that um, Stevie and I have talked about. We want to get like an, eventually get an RV and just kind of, you know, go off the grid and just go visit all these incredible places, you know? Yeah. RV would be cool. Um, or just like um, some way of like a tent, you know, or like, yeah, like a camper or something like that. Yeah. And something really just so you can experience all the different places that you can't see, you know, besides right. pictures. Right. You just gotta be in it and immerse yourself. So it's all about, you know? <laughs> yeah. So taking some time, putting the phone away. Just getting, getting that one-on-one experience with nature, dude. It's it's the best, but it's, it's medicine. I feel like it's healthy for you. It hundred percent. Yeah, it's it's literally vitamins. Like you know, just sitting out in the sun, you absorb vitamin D. Obviously, not you don't want to sit on the sun too much, or else you'll, you know, get sunburned. But right, <laughs> um, right. I definitely get sunburned way too easily, and I always. You know, skimp on the sunscreen and Stevie always like nags on me for it, but I always get burned. And then she's like, "Well, your fault." I was like, "Yeah, I know." Yeah. <laughs> as long as you know, that's okay. Yeah. <laughs> so, um, but it's yeah, you just gotta 
kind of and, and it, it just brings you back to your roots like like the, the deepest roots you know literally the earth <laughs> like, yeah so it's it's kind of you know humbling almost so. yeah and i feel like we're all connected with mother earth you know like mm-hmm. everything that's considered living on this planet I feel like we're all connected in a certain way. So absolutely, dude. Yeah, like it's it's just you're here to serve a purpose, and whether as big or small as it is, you're serving that purpose. Yeah. So, and that's the one thing that I think a lot of people kind of forget about, or just are, you know, for like. Unfortunately, the the rate of suicide has gone up just because of you know COVID and stuff. But um, can't speak for any like you know actual mental illnesses, of course. But I think people lose sight of the fact that people actually, even if you don't think anyone cares about you, there's always someone that the the reason that you're here is like the reason that you're alive like makes them happy, you know. Even if you're like you don't have family left, there's someone there that always is thinking about you about something. It's just a, improbable, improbable that there isn't, you know. Right. So there's always something that you're here to do. So I don't know. That was kind of weird. Got a little really deep there, but yeah. Purpose of life. Yeah. What is that, the meaning? Yeah. Exactly. I. I'll get like that, but <laughs> it's good to be insightful and uh, ponder that kind of stuff. Because, mm-hmm. like you said, you know the bigger picture is what's most important. You know, you can't like you got to think a lot of the problems that we deal with on a daily basis um, haven't been dealt with by older generations, and you know. The, the more we evolve as a civilization, like the more problems that we create for ourselves. Mm-hmm. Um, well, not necessarily problems, just, you know, things you have to deal with. Sure. And it's easy, very easy to lose sight of, you know, just existence in general and what you should make out of it and, you know, how you should choose to exist. Yeah, 100%. There's just so many things coming into play that have to be addressed you know whether it's good or bad like you said obviously you know the carbon footprint (laughs) being kind of number one in my opinion just you know well i mean it's okay we're just gonna burn to death at one point or another yeah whatever we we probably won't be alive to see it um, yeah but we'll and that's the thing it's just they're not gonna be alive to see it but you know when when it boils down to it being successful is never about being selfish. Right. So even these big corporations, like they're acting on like selfishness for greed and profit. And yeah, you know, it's what their business model is, which you can't, you know, you can't knock them for that, but there has to be a way, you know, to solve the issue that you've procreated. Right. So, yeah. Kind of, Sucks that your profits have to suffer, but what about the life of, you know, the 
know, the greater good. Yeah, you know, exactly. like just do the right thing. And yeah, it sucks because yeah, a lot the of money these is king. yeah, a lot of these corporations like will take advantage of whether they admit it or not. Most of them fucking won't. Uh, you know, they they take advantage of their consumers and you know just human impulses, and they they break their business models down to a psychological level. You know? mm-hmm. And some of these business models and very successful uh, companies, which a lot of them provide good service, but it's you know, some of the ways they uh, they sell their products are somewhat deceiving, you know. Like, for example, mm-hmm. I went to the car wash, and the base wash was on the back of the uh, card um, that this employee was showing me. He was like, oh, hey, he showed me, like, all these, like, more expensive washes, like, on the, the front of this you know, card. <laughs> and I was like, oh, I just want the base wash. And he just, like, flipped it around. And it's, like, all the way at the bottom in the least appealing <laughs> font. It's, like, not bold at all. Like, it's, mm-hmm. it, and I find that a little deceiving. It's like, okay, you don't want to put your most economic option, um, in the front and you know, on display, like you, you want to take more of your consumer's money, which dude will that... drive up profit, but like at what cost? Like you're kind of, I don't know. It's yeah. S- strikes, strikes a weird chord. Dude, that's been a whole debacle. I mean, I work at guitar center currently and I mean, there's a lot of things that we add on for sales and stuff, but in the end, it there's a reason for everything. It's not we're just not trying to sell you something as like you know a brick to set off to the side, you know. But it it's kind of like a lot of people put into perspective that you know you need like buying the most expensive things the best, obviously, but it offers you benefits and having those benefits is what creates that, you know, and it's all about, honestly, America's just turned about, it's just turned into the sale, the art of the sale, like, who can pitch this idea the best? But, in the end, you know, the consumer will make the decision, but there's always that influence that you can provide, but, um, everything, even if you buy something more expensive, most of the time, there is a reason that it helps you, right? Right. But it still sucks that, you know, it's it's put, it's kind of forced onto you. Like, it's not your decision to make. It's the, you know, you know what I mean? Like, yeah, everyone... it, yeah it's, it's so weird because, yeah, you don't pick the price, but at the end of the day, the consumer usually drives the market and, mm-hmm. you know, how everything is is valued and America's just a seller's market. Yeah. And you just kind of got to realize that. Yeah. If, if the demand is there, then yeah, the seller can control the situation, but in certain industries, it can go like either way, you know, Mm -hmm. Uh, and availability is a huge thing too. A lot of, there's a lot of very limited availability, which drives up prices because people know it's not going to last forever and they need to have it. it. yeah. They're gonna pay for it, so that's true. That's so true. I mean, I that, that was one thing that um, when I work like while I'm working at Guitar Center, it's I'm trying to sell a lot of these things like 
accidental protection or stuff like that. You know, it just kind of seems like an off, like, you know, it's like another add-on. But yeah. Some people like to take that extra step as far as safety net, you know, yeah. protecting your investment. Like, it's... But if you have insurance, too, like, you know, that's something that I've come across. So, like, there's... Yeah, it's just... Yeah, it, there, there's a lot to um, just the whole sales thing, but yeah, there's business is pretty complex. Yeah, um, a lot of moving parts. But um, going back to what you were talking about earlier, um, as long as a good service can be provided in a way that's not putting the consumer at a disadvantage, like that would be great. Uh, if like every company and corporation could just do that, you know, even if mm-hmm. it's sacrificing potential profit, you know, yeah. And it's just... one of the things that I'd like to see, like, pay your fucking workers more. Like, it's I wish you know, yeah, the government would sub subsidize more into you know employment retention for some of these businesses than you know, military budget, but, you know, that all boils down to, you know, someone's opinion about some country that that people are going to revolt or something. But it's it's wild. But, yeah, it's just military spending is just insane. Yeah. So the, it's the amount of money that we have to keep pumping out and going in debt for to make sure that, you know, these other countries don't kill us. It just kind of seems irrelevant or like not just doesn't seem real. Like are like, are we that, I mean, I guess maybe we are that hated to the point where we have to put so much into our military to make sure that other countries don't kill us. I don't know. I'm like going off a serious tangent there, but I mean, the military budget is so ridiculous. Yeah. Especially when you, especially when you look at it compared to other countries major countries in the world it's we like, spend way way more than pretty much everyone else like the like why like yeah ultimately that money could be going towards other things that would benefit a fraction of that money could go to other things yeah it would benefit you know something like the stimulus check you know it went out to pretty much every eligible adult and it helped a lot of people. If they can make that happen like on a scale that's like really benefiting everyone, you know, no matter what it is, whether it's like another like stimulus check, something of that nature, or directly going into schools or you know community programs, there's just so much misdirected money. Like why? Like, yeah. Why? Why do we have to be the police? Of the world, like the world police, Team America. What the fuck? Yeah, they need to calm down. <laughs> I mean, it's sad. I mean, I'm sure there's a re- there has to be a reason for it, but I'm sure there's another way to you know attack the subject rather. But you know, that's another conversation that doesn't involve us getting money for it, so it won't be had. But you know, that's kind of I guess what it boils down to. If you're not making money, it doesn't really matter. But, it's crazy. <laughs> but, that's, yeah. I mean, that's America though. Like, capitalism, 
baby. Greed. <laughs> it, all, it always at the top. It always seems like greed is the uh, the main factor in decision making. Greed, but it hopefully has a meaning behind the greed, you know. But greed, in a sense, I feel like there are a lot of businesses that are doing well that are providing good benefits for You're right. its consumers, you know? And yeah, and employees, for that matter, because like, just as important. But they're, they're all local. Yeah, you know? true, true. <laughs> but there, there are a few corporations, of course, but, it, yeah, it does... There's a lot of just um, shittiness behind it, but that's why you got to support local. Support your friends. Yeah. Spend your money on things that people that you are... If you know someone that's doing something that, you know, in, instead of buying something from Amazon, you could buy from your friend. Yeah. You know, it's kind of a no-brainer. I mean, for me and you, like, obviously I do that, but for convenience sake, it may be something harder but yeah and yeah goods and services uh from the homies is always yeah, something exactly I, I try to partake in um and it it really helps to have connections like that because it's a win-win it, like you get to put money in your friend or family's pocket and you get a more personal service out of it yep and I've seen more and more of that recently, just kind of like the farmer's market mentality where you kind of go somewhere to get what you need, you know, for the week. And I know a big one's the candles. Like, I know a lot of my friends are making candles. Oh. So just homemade soy candles or... Damn, send me your candle plugs. Oh, there's, we, dude, there's a lot. We burn a lot of candles. There's, I mean, a, granted, some of them are more expensive because they are local, but... There are some that are, I would consider, in quotes, gourmet. Uh, Stevie is really good about finding them. But there, there's one that we got. Uh, I'm going to have to find them. We'll figure out where they are. But um, they just have different scents for band names. And it, it's just kind of interesting to, you know, smell different combinations of scents and stuff like that. But... Yeah, even like homies, I know uh, Cam Miller is making stuff, or Cameron Michael is making stuff, so um, I think he's asking for, like, old glassware like, from candles that once you burn them, he'll, like, repurpose them into new candles, so. Oh, cool. Yeah, so it, it's just stuff like that, or um, obviously, you know, food and stuff like that, but... Um, yeah, it, it's been awesome. Just after COVID, it's really kind of brought that stuff into perspective because people hurt after COVID. So supporting the, your local friends that are getting these products out is really the way of the future, in my opinion, because it, you know, it's <laughs> as much as people, you know, like have a stroke when they hear the word socialism, you know, it's an easy way for socialism to just you know, have a person that provides service that you need and you don't need the corporation that provides it. But right. you're always, there's always going to be the corporations. Granted, like, I'm not saying that, that the Comcast is going away. Like, it's not going to go away. Like, they have this network built for the internet. Like, you know, they're going to be there, but... Right. I feel like most tradespeople, well, not most, you know, I don't want to 
try to underestimate yeah. anyone's uh, knowledge or ability, but um, I feel like the corporation is always going to be there unless everyone can figure out how to manage themselves. Mm-hmm. So, you know, there's a lot of moving parts when it comes to, especially in the society we live in right now, and, you know, you know just being registered and qualified Dude. to do whatever the trade is that so you're true. doing. So, unless we can all, you know, I guess that's the point of unions, though, too, right? Yeah, and to be honest, dude, it just brings us back to, like, just root education. Just learning how to do stuff that you need to know how to do. Yeah. You know? And everyone's always, like, complaining about, like, oh, you need to know my kids' school to just how to do taxes or how to do this or that. You know, it's so true. Like, even at a young age, we should just kind of learn, you know, this is how everything operates. Like, in fifth grade... I remember doing like a um project about um just like figuring out what I want to do for the rest of my life, you know. And I wanted to be a roller coaster designer. So, and that was fifth grade, and that was super dope because I did a lot of like you know the Sims roller coaster, whatever the yeah, roller coaster heck. tycoon. Yeah, those tycoon. were my jam back in yeah, the day. I like, love those that's games. So fun. Like I wanted to do that and then you know, I did a project on it, kinda like glanced over, you know, the basics like I oh yeah, I gotta be an architect and I gotta be a structural engineer. But like I had no idea what I was talking about. <laughs> but it I feel like if I was to kind of have more hands on like this is what you're gonna do in these professions kind of experience, it would just kinda make you know what you want to know or like point in the right direction sooner because a roller coaster designer yeah that's great but that's a pipe dream like uh, at this point i'm glad i did music because if i was an architect i don't well i mean i guess i really don't know if i would enjoy it but um life is weird man (laughs) if there's something that i've learned it's you kind of like just go with the flow yeah and you just got to make sure that flow is what you're vibing with. And if you ever, you know, feel like it's not, you just kind of question it and see, like, is this what I want to do? Yeah. See what else is out there. And if you can make it happen, you can fucking make it happen. Yeah. And just ask, like, what, what is it that I really want to do? What do I really enjoy doing? And that's that's the question that you should always ask yourself. Because if you're not enjoying what you're doing, and you can grant it, you can enjoy having a desk job. Plenty of people right. will enjoy having a desk job for the rest of their life because it's easy, it's cushy, and you get money. You can do what you want. You can go enjoy yourself. And then... There's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. And there's people like me where I want to be on the other side of that. I want to... You know, I want to give the experience of your enjoyment, you know? Yeah. And that's a, it's more a volatile situation. So I choose a more volatile situation as opposed to the cushy job. So, and it just more, it's just more exciting to me, you know? Yeah. It, so. it keeps you more involved. And I feel like it just kind of works your brain better, you know? Mm-hmm. 
some more problem solving. Uh, some of the time there's more troubleshooting, you know, and doing that kind of thing. Not every event is the same, you know. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You're gonna run into really unique situations <laughs> that, at the end of the day, are kind of satisfying when you're able to solve true the problems that you run into and provide a good experience because um i've worked in the av industry and nothing feels better than putting on a good event no matter what uh part you play in it you know Mm -hmm. whether it's a show and, and djing or you know doing lights or doing sound or doing promotion you know what there's so many <laughs> so many things that you can get involved in, and be able to do and there's nothing quite like that satisfaction of, of pulling it off make it yeah happen. dude that it, it's all just about that adrenaline rush during the show or like during the you know whatever you're doing it it's, there's just no matching it you know, I'm not, I mean, granted, there's other ways to achieve that adrenaline rush, which other people, you know, are more suited for, but, um, yeah, it's just that, just like, if, it's almost like if something goes wrong, like, what happens, kind of thing, but it's not a bad thing, it's just like, you're, you're doing what you love, and you're ready for what's about to happen, whether good or bad, um, or at least that's kind of how I have the mindset because I always expect something to go wrong. All something's always going to go wrong. Yeah. And if something doesn't, then you're wrong. <laughs> yeah. Like, you know what I mean? Like something always goes wrong. So you just kind of have to be aware of it and know how to tackle it. Right. So and being that's, prepared is very important. Yeah, and another thing that I may have brought up beforehand, but something that I've really started to adapt is just if if it's happening, deal with it, whether good or bad, you know, it's going down, there's nothing you can do about it. Like, if you know, granted, hopefully you don't get in a car accident. If you get in a car accident, obviously it's happening, deal with it, but like normal, like, situations like something can just be happening and you'll just go into like a state of you know, oh, this isn't happening. I'm not. I'm gonna pretend it's not happening, and don't do anything about it. But if you realize, like, okay, you know, this shit's going on. I need to help. Someone's having like a seizure or something, you know, and or like a heart attack. Like, you'll just stand there and look at it and be like, okay, I'm not gonna do anything. Or you could be like, okay, this person's clearly like, you know, something's happening. I'm gonna, you know, call someone. I'm gonna go, you know, make sure they're on their side so they don't choke on their vomit or I don't know. Sorry. Like weird there, but it's something just to like, that's something I've noticed in college. Cause I've been around people that have drank too much and have been like that. And a lot of people have, you know, and they just kind of just, you know, they either do something or they don't. And it, yeah, you got to seize the moment. You know, that's, it's the, mm-hmm. it's the epitome of it, existing, you know, yep. being more certain about what you're doing, what's going on. True. And yeah, I, you know, I, I can kind of relate to that because my my mind's usually scatterbrained. So 
Me too. Uh, 100%. <laughs> you know, when things are happening and just processing it and, you know, just making a decision mm-hmm. sometimes uh, can be difficult, uh, but learning how to be in the moment and just kind of being focused on, on what's happening around you is almost feels like a superpower. Um, yeah. Yeah, I, I totally agree, man. It's you just it's something that you learn over through time, I think. And you you just have to know that you're one some another thing that I've adapted is you're you're somewhere for a reason. You know, not saying that like, you know, I believe in you know obviously fate and karma, I be, I think that are a totally valid thing where if you're a, a dick to people, you're going to get that kind of same vibe back because that's what you're used to. Yeah. So if you're there to help people and you're there genuinely to assist and like make things better, then things will be better for you. So, but absolutely. You get what you give. Yeah, pretty much. And that's kind of how it, kind of takes us back to the another point that we talked about which was the like um a big you know he huge debacle is the producers versus like people that like sound design versus you know just sample based people that are making music because there's so many big producers now that are just using samples and that's okay yeah it yeah it you know you're not making well like you're not making sounds, you are making the sounds. You're making the composition, and that is in turn like the biggest part of it. Yeah, like, the composition, the arrangement. Like, yeah, I have the best fucking kick drum in the world, but if I can't make a song with it, then what the hell does it matter? Right. You know, <laughs> so it's all about the individual and how they portray their direct, you know, being into what they're doing. So, right. I can understand um, why some people have that attitude. Uh, not saying that I'm, I'm one myself. I'm a firm believer that, you know, there's multiple. I definitely had that attitude. I'm not going to deny it because I would, yeah, I would always be upset with, be like, see people just making songs with, you know, presets and stuff. But it, it, you just eventually just realize that. It's not going away. Right. There's. It's not going to... People aren't going to just naturally stop using samples. Yeah. Even if you try to educate them on why they should yeah, you know, like create it, their own and sound. And it just makes you sound more like an asshole. Just yeah. like, dude, what are you doing? Like, stop making music easily. Make music hard. Like, who wants to hear that? Yeah. You know? Like, you just, you're just Bad alienating pitch. people that you can insist. Right. Or... On the flip side, you can be like, oh, dude, you're making some crazy tunes. And, like, if they're using samples, like, don't dog on them before. Like, who cares? Just be like, yo, here's, you know, a way to, like, you know, this is what this does. You right. Know? And, and it just adds to their library. Yeah. And it, I feel like, and this kind of just sounds like a corny catchphrase, but people, instead of hating, people should educate like yeah if you feel strongly about something and and want you know if you feel something something should be done differently or you know whatever it is yes 
try to understand that people don't choose to be ignorant for the most part, you know, mm -hmm. like just educate, like we're, you know, no one knows everything, you know, like the more, yeah, exactly. The more you can give someone potentially helpful information, the better off everyone will be. <laughs> Dude, I, if there's one thing that I love doing more than creating music is literally teaching it. I used like I used to substitute teach and I mean granted, you know, substitute teaching is one thing where you know hand out a piece of paper to kids in you know high school or middle school, but um actually teaching kids, you know, in like early like one first to fifth grade or whatever you kind of, I don't know, you just kind of realize how they react to certain things. So you, you just kind of, you just act happy. You're like, you're learning this because it's fun. Pretty much uh, when I'm working with people, I found that the more that you encourage what they're doing as opposed to kind of demoralize them and tell them that they're wrong is you know, it, it just puts an impression from what they see you as. Like, I've I've been the elitist before, and it doesn't feel good on the other side either. It just makes you kind of feel like you're better than the other person, and in the end, like, who wants to feel like that? I mean, some people do, Grant, okay, sorry, some people do like feeling like that, but it doesn't feel better helping people rather than, you know, telling them they're wrong and they should be doing it this way. Because there's, like we talked about, there's uh, many ways to write a book. Clearly, there's right. millions of books. So, you there's a way to do everything. And you just kind of have to find the way that works for you. So, and, That's the most important thing. Mm -hmm. And, yeah, being overcritical on how other people do something is pretty unproductive all around. Mm -hmm. Like, it just, it doesn't make any sense. Um but yeah, we all need to stop, collaborate, and listen a, <laughs> a little more. Exactly. Like it's it's a topic that's been around for so long that you just have to realize that we're all in it together, and that's really it. Like the music industry, the entertainment industry, the consumable, the foreseeable consumable industry wouldn't exist without the consumers. Right. And the producers. So being just knowledgeable of that, you realize that everyone is a person and they all enjoy a certain thing. So you either tailor to that certain thing or you drive them away from that certain thing, whether that's your goal or not. And that's kind of the, that's kind of it. <laughs> yeah. I guess. But, um, in a, the most broad sense, love everybody. Everyone's doing their own thing. If they're hurting somebody, tell them and fucking stop that shit. And then just love each other, motherfucker. Yeah, as, <laughs> as long as no one's getting hurt and everyone is being healthy and enjoying themselves, that, that sounds like a perfect mm -hmm. world to me. Yeah, I mean, you know, we'll try our best to get there, but the easiest way to start is just with your friends and just telling everyone that you love them because people don't hear that enough, unfortunately.
and I don't think there's any stigma attached to telling someone that you love them. No, it shouldn't be some kind of taboo thing. Exactly. Know? Like you said, we're all in this together. You know, like, I love my brothers and sisters, whether, you know, whatever, you know, thing you want to throw at it. Like, we're from this planet Earth. Like, <laughs> let's fucking go. Yeah, they call it a race, but I think we're more of a family at the end of the day. Dude, so exactly. We're, we all came here from one place or another, so you do you. I'll enjoy your what you produce, and you can enjoy what I produce, whether it be music, an art, a skill, you know. It, everything is beautiful, so... Oh yeah! And thank <laughs> you for sharing that message. Oh yeah, dude. I, I mean, that. the I don't know, man. I've the past few years have really opened my eyes to that. I I hate saying it, but back when I was in high school, I would always be like, because I would always be like a first chair percussionist or something like that. Like I would I would have natural talent in the the percussion field. Just I don't know from what, but I would sometimes like talk down to people and now. I just kind of realized how how horrible that was for me to do, you know? And it... I, I don't think I was ever as bad as, like, you know, some people can be, but it, it kind of just makes you reflect on how you've been and how you've grown. You yeah, know? and that's important to do. You know, you got to keep learning, got to mm-hmm. keep growing, and just got to keep wanting to become the greatest version of yourself. Exactly, dude. That's literally the bottom line. Yeah. It really is. Always. Sick. Oh, yeah, man. <laughs> well, thank you so fucking much for coming on. Man. Dude, was, it was a pleasure. Yeah, this was a really fun one. I, yeah. I had a great time talking with you today. You got deep, man. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Went off on some really good tangents, but yeah, that's, that's, for sure. that's what the podcast is all about, you know? Heck yeah. We just got to explore uh, cool stuff through conversation, so. Sweet. Well, thank you for tuning in. Um, this is the 14th edition of Wednesday Weekly. Heck yeah. Uh, we are amping up uh, distribution and promotion, so um, expect to see uh, a little bit more professional presentation of the podcast uh, from here on out. So, again, thank you for tuning in. I appreciate you guys for listening. We have a lot of cool people in this town, and I want to give them uh, a good spotlight. So, without the listener we're just talking mm-hmm. to the talking to the microphone but that's true yeah and to finish out the podcast what do you have going on in the next month or year you know what kind of shows projects yeah i was gonna say uh, you have the floor we're gonna be performing soon aren't we aren't you gonna be playing a beer now soon yeah I think we've <laughs> found out that date is probably June 12th. June 12th, More yeah. than likely. Yeah. Um, that's a Saturday. But, um, yeah, I have a few things going on. I'll be doing a show on the 15th with my friend Bailey at Be Here Now, and then obviously with Doug, Be Here Now on the 12th of June. Um, then just a couple other unconfirmed things. But I have a few tunes that I'm sitting on that I would love to release soon. A couple drum and bass, um, a few drum dubstep, I guess. But, you know, just a few things that I've come up with in the past, you know, couple year or so, I guess. But, you know, 
it, it's been a hot second since I released stuff. Obviously, I just released the song Garten. If you haven't listened to it, it's on whatever you listen to. Um, but it's, yeah, I feel like um, I just have a, a breath of fresh air. And I think there's some more good music that I've been just hoarding that I need to release, in my opinion. Because I've been, like we talked about, second-guessing a lot of my decisions with my music and I'm just think I don't want to stick to a certain genre. I have multiple things that I'm ready to send out, so just kinda go for I it. I just kinda wanna go for it. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Put so it out there. I expect a bunch of different weird sounds coming up. So Yeah. Um Yeah. <laughs> I'm excited to hear them. <laughs> yes, and and don't forget you're your own biggest critic. You know, you're exactly. always gonna be your biggest critic. So Exactly. If there's stuff that you're on the fence about releasing, just go for it. Hell yeah. <laughs> yeah, I can't wait to hear what you're working on. I actually forgot to mention, um, if you want to send me something that has been released or something that's unreleased that, oh. that you're proud of, send it my way and we're going to play at the end of the podcast here. Okay, that works. Nice. Thank so, um, yeah, feast your ears on some Edgeon original music here <laughs> right on man thank you again for coming on the podcast of course uh, that was a good one anytime uh, of course uh follow Edgeon on all of his socials we'll have those linked in the description and again thank you for tuning in i appreciate you guys yes thanks happy, so much guys yeah <laughs> thank you guys happy webs day and uh happy listening peace